Hello, everyone, and welcome to the That Settles It podcast, where our belief and our motto is, if God said it, then that settles it. Of course, I am your host, Shondell Winfield, author, speaker, empowerment influencer. Many thanks to all of you who continue to journey with us weekly and all of you who download and share and interact with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, remember to visit our website, www.thatsettlesit.us for all things that settles it. You can catch replays of our podcast episodes and of course, get some encouragement while you're there. So we have come to the final episode of this series entitled, Don't Be Getting Ready, Be Ready, and Stay Ready. So to recap, we kicked it off talking about be ready for that um, your dream job. Then we talked about be ready for that great business opportunity. And then we talked about be ready for love. And so in this final episode of the series, we're going to talk about something that many people don't like to talk about, or they try to avoid it at all costs. And that is be ready for unfortunate or unforeseen circumstances. So the thing about it is unfortunate, unforeseen circumstances, they don't discriminate. They don't discriminate based on uh, race, age, religion, uh, sex, socioeconomic status. No one is exempt. And yes, while we believe, we pray, we hope, we have faith for the best, it is wise to be prepared for the worst, just in case. It's almost like insurance, right? You have it, but you hope that you never have to use it. So we need to have that same mindset as it pertains to unfortunate or unforeseen circumstances, right? So if we didn't learn anything from the past two years with dealing with the pandemic and everything around it is um, we should have learned that things can change dramatically and rapidly, like almost instantaneously, almost overnight without much warning. So as we've been saying throughout this entire series, don't be getting ready, be ready and stay ready. So let's be ready and stay ready even for those unforeseen, those unfortunate circumstances. Okay, so let's say you're working a great job. You have a great job, great pay. You love what you do, great benefits. Everything is great. And then boom, out of nowhere, you lose your job, right? So what do you do while you're in between that job and securing a new position? Or same thing if you're a business owner, like business is going great, You have multiple contracts, business is growing, your business has momentum, and then boom, your business, for whatever reason, takes a big economic loss. Are you prepared? So here's some things that we can do now so that we can stay ready and be ready for any type of financial crisis. So in this um, episode, we're going to talk about being prepared for a financial crisis, being prepared for illness and being prepared for death. So let's start off by talking about being ready for a financial crisis. So here's some things that you can do now so that you're ready for any type of financial crisis. One, you need multiple streams of income. Now, I am an avid believer in this, and I subscribe to this principle. You need multiple streams of income. So you have your primary job or your primary source of income, but what else can you do? Can it be a side hustle, some investments, a part-time job, some intellectual property? Like you need multiple streams of income. So in the event that something unforeseen, unfortunate happens with one stream of income, like your household is not just halted. It may not be as much as you're accustomed to bringing in, but you still have something coming in. So it is wise to have multiple streams of income. Now I'm not a person 
person. I'm considered a multipreneur because I work and then I have other jobs and then I have a side hustle or two. But I'm not one. I'm not going to bash. I don't think everybody is supposed to be just an entrepreneur. I don't think everybody is supposed to be just someone who works for a company. I think it's based on you and what your family dynamics consist of and what the need is for your family. But I do wholeheartedly believe whatever you decide to do, we all need multiple streams of income. And for some households, that may just be two people working and contributing. Whatever it is, you need multiple streams of income. So in the event something happens to one of those streams, you're not paralyzed. You can still function. Save, 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 and save some more. Save, 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 and save some more. It is imperative that we save and that we don't just, even if we have multiple streams of income, we got to get into practice of not just spending it because we have it and we think, oh, more is coming in next week or more is coming in in two weeks. Save, save, save. Remember, we're not going to be getting ready when something happens. We want to be ready. We want to stay ready. So save. Look for ways to reduce your expenses even now. So let's say you have the biggest cable package that they offer. Do you really need to pay $400 a month or would you be okay with the $200 a month package? Um, do you have to eat out every day? <laughs> Talking to myself. Or can you start cooking at home? So look for ways to reduce your expenses even now. And that money can contribute you know, to your savings. Live below your means. Live below your means. That means that you don't have to wear your whole paycheck. We get it. You're paid. Boom. Save something, invest, but live below your means, right? So that means that you shouldn't be spending more than you're bringing in and you shouldn't be spending exactly what you're bringing in. So live below your means. Everyone needs an emergency fund. And this is not the same as your savings. Your savings is your savings, but you need an emergency fund too. So this is in the event something comes up, maybe something with the car or an unexpected expense, you can pull it from your emergency fund. And the thing about the emergency fund is you pay that back. It's like you're borrowing from yourself. You pay that back. So you need an emergency fund. And of course, you know, the experts have been saying it. This has really, hasn't really changed over the years. Um, They started off saying three to six months. Oh, I guess it has changed because they started off saying three to six months. But then in the past two years, they say it may be good to, you know, have enough at least for a year. You need an emergency fund so you can start small and just continue to let it grow and don't touch it unless it is an actual emergency budget. So you need a budget. You need to know how much you're bringing in and how much is going out. <laughs> so you need a budget. And also, I just recently learned this as I was doing my due diligence to make sure that I had my facts straight. Um, you need a backup budget. So a backup budget is... Um, you have your regular budget, but the backup budget is a, a budget that you will put in place in the event you did lose some income or your income is tighter than it was. What are some things that are not actually necessities? Some things that we can cut back on and do without. Like, for example, again, I'm just going to pick on cable because it's not a necessity. So if it was really tight, could you do without it or could you go to a, a basic package? Or um, do you have to dine out every weekend with your friends? It could you cut back and maybe cook in two weekends and then go out, you know? So what are some things that you can cut back and have that backup budget so that in the event it was really tight, you would still survive. You just wouldn't have all those extra amenities that you're accustomed to. So like maybe not going to Starbucks or Dunkin', maybe just brewing coffee at home a few days a week. So work on a budget and a backup budget. That one was really good. Um, Take stock of your assets. 
What do you have? What do you have on hand? What is it that you can liquefy that you can turn into cash quickly? You know, take stock of what you have. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, for those who know me, I love, love, love designer bags and I have some nice ones and I have some good ones and some that were kind of costly. Um, but one, one thing about it is, especially those vintage bags, like I, if there were ever a need, I could resell those and get some good money. So take stock of what you have, what assets you have. Um, get rid of debt now. Like the worst thing you can do or one of the worst things you can do is just keep piling up, building up, building up debt now and then something unfortunate happens. And so you may have to go into a little bit of debt for that, but now you're just compounding that on top of the debt that you've already created now where you could be paying down your debt now so that in the event something comes up and your income is smaller or things are tighter, you don't have the extra stress of worrying about the debt that you created now when you should have been paying it down. So get rid of any debt that you can. Keep some cash on hand in case of emergency. I remember when we had, um, I want to say it was Hurricane Isabel, like 2003, 2004, and we were without power. We were without water. We couldn't get gas and the ATMs weren't working because there was no power. So even if you had money in the bank, it was just in the bank. You couldn't get it. So you want to keep some cash on hand. Um, in the event that there's an emergency and you need to get to it quick, but in order to keep cash on hand, you got to have some cash. If you've spent it all, then you won't have any cash on hand for emergency. So keep some cash on hand and insurance. Insurance is so important. Um, you need you need to know what type of insurances are going to work for your family. You know, health insurance, life insurance, auto insurance, um, any critical illness insurance, um, insurance or bonding for your business contingent upon what your business is. You want to make sure that you have insurance. So in the event something happens and your income is affect, um, affected, you have some type of financial crisis, you're not going to worry about if someone gets sick or sick or if someone dies or if there is an auto accident. You don't have to add that extra stress because at least you know you have the proper insurance in place to cover those things. So don't be ready. Um, don't be getting ready. Be ready and stay ready for any type of financial crisis. All right. Now here's the hard one. What do you do if you or a loved one becomes extremely ill or even worse, passes away. Will you and your family be ready? So I know it may sound morbid, but this is probably one of the most important conversations that you should have with the people that you love. Please do not make the mistake of thinking we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Because what if it's sudden and unexpected? What if you or your loved one becomes incapacitated or unable to make those important decisions? So why not do it now? Remember, don't be getting ready, be ready and stay ready. So here's some things that you should do now to prepare for the event of an illness or the death of yourself or a loved one. So say everything that you need to say now. It seems simple, but say everything that you need to say now. You know, any grievances, let's air them now. You know, um, any odds, things that need to be forgiven, you know, uh, and the good things too, appreciation, you know, whatever you need to say, say it now. Everything you need to say, say it now. Say, I love you often, right? Say, I love you often. Spend as much time as you can together. Create great memories now. You know why these things are important? Because it leaves no room for regrets. 
So we all grieve differently and grief is inevitable, right? But if someone becomes ill or someone passes away, so you're already dealing with the grief. You don't want to have to also deal with the guilt or the regret because as we say, we didn't give them their flowers while they were here. You know, we didn't say those things to them. We didn't give them those affirmations. We didn't tell them that we love them while they were here. So these are things that you can do now you know, while you still have time, while you all are still together, while you all are still healthy, do these things now. Spend time, say what you need to say, forgive, you know, be forgiven, receive forgiveness, say I love you, create memories. And then we're going to bring it right back around to discussing family assets. <clears throat> One of the worst things that I've seen is when someone dies in the family and the family members are fighting over their things. And I get it because all of all of the time is not greed. Sometimes it really is for memories, you know, and just having a family heirloom, something, you know, to continue the memories of the lineage. I get it. But let's discuss those family assets now. Right. And then also I'm going to bring it right back around to around to insurance. It's the discuss now, you know, is there, you know, a need for us to have a critical illness insurance? Let's discuss what type of insurance policy, life insurance policy is going to work best for this family. Let's make sure we have the proper health care insurance. Let's make sure we have the proper auto insurance as well for our family. Um, let's make sure, let's get our finances in order. If you, you know, you don't have a will, let's, you know, what about the person who's going to make decisions for you medically? Let's go ahead and discuss all these things now. So when the unfortunate time comes of an illness or the passing away of someone, you're not worrying about this part. You're not stressing this part. At least you can know this part has been taken care of, right? So again, don't be getting ready, be ready and stay ready. And you don't want to have to be dealing with grief on top of regret for not taking care of these things in advance, right? We pray that we all live you know, you know, I'm an avid believer of the scripture that says God has given every man three score and 10 and a good man four score. So 70, 80 years old, you know, I'm hoping we all live to 100, 120. But even when that time comes, you want to make sure that you have things in place so that, you know, the family is not stressing about finances or final wishes or having spent time together because we've made sure that we've taken care of those things now. So we are not getting ready. We're all already ready when illness or death comes. So Proverbs 6 verses 7 through 11, and this is the Passion Translation, it says, the ants have no chief, no boss, no manager. No one has to tell them what to do. You'll see them working and toiling all summer long, stockpiling their food in preparation for winter. So wake up, sleepyhead. How long will you lie there? When will you wake up and get out of bed? If you keep nodding off and thinking, I'll do it later, or say to yourself, I'll just sit back a while and take it easy, just watch how the future unfolds. By making excuses, you'll learn what it means to go without. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and move in as your roommate for life. Remember, if God said it, then that settles it. Remember, don't be getting ready. Be ready and stay ready, even for those unfortunate and unforeseen circumstances. Everyone have a blessed and wonderful week.